Hi, I'm Haley, author of the book blog, Brook and Binding. I'm Maddie, upcoming debut author, and this is Lit Sis. Happy Friday, Lit Sisters. Happy Friday, and we are back together again. Yay! recording a little bit kind of like a part two almost yeah where the last episode we talked about books that we would have might have changed our rating and you know theoretically if we did that we don't do that no but if we did because you know we got to be genuine in the moment what we think of that book at the time but looking back sometimes we think mm, maybe it deserved better or maybe it wasn't that good so if you haven't listened to that episode go ahead stop this one go listen to that one but it also really doesn't matter so you can keep listening yeah, definitely. We're going to talk about what we would do with a different type of rating system. And yeah. How we do it? We, we've been talking a little bit um, with a few different people as well, just about the idea of book ratings in general, because I feel like there is quite a big, um, I don't know, people do half stars, people do quarter stars, people say like, you know, top, it's like seven out of 10 stars or five out of five stars, like stuff like that. And sometimes you feel like certain aspects of a book you really liked and some you didn't. And that can obviously affect an overall rating. But what happened if we actually gave each of those individual categories or things about the book their own specific rating that kind of went into our enjoyment of the book as a whole? Yeah, so we're going to go and look at five different categories for five stars of the different categories that you might be thinking about when it comes to books because there's not necessarily always a book that's a five star in absolutely every aspect of it. I mean, maybe. I mean, if it's this tender land, I mean, you know, if it's whatever, if it's Hearts Invisible Furies, then sure. But, you know, sometimes there are those books that we're like, oh, it's like a three and a half or a four and a half. I liked a lot of it, but then there's this one thing I really didn't like and it drag the whole rating down we're gonna start to look at what those five important things are and maybe do a few examples to see how that would change some of the ratings of the books so those top things are going to be drum roll that's my thigh (laughs) drum roll of overall plot uh characters the ending the setting And I can't remember the last one. Readability slash recommendation. That's it. Trying to do the back and forth. And I was like, crap, this next one I don't remember. And this is one that I actually brought up as well. I thought it would be a good one. So first off, plot. I feel like that's a pretty, like, broad statement or, like, word, I guess, to use. But we're essentially saying giving the plot itself a rating did we think it was creative did we think that it was unique did it feel like it went somewhere unexpected or somewhere that really took you on a journey I feel like plots in general if it's not something that like the storyline is intriguing to you it's gonna be kind of hard to actually like feel invested in a book Um, even if the characters seem great or even if you know other aspects are intriguing if the plot is not helping you like you know chugging you along and giving you something to look towards that's why I think I we I know me really enjoy thrillers or something that's like horror a little bit more on the edge of your seat because the plot is such a big driving force you need the plot to you want to solve the plot you want to know what's going to happen you want to know why certain things have happened 
And so, with the plot in general. What happened? There was a commercial. <laughs> that was a dog. Oh no. Well, it wasn't even a commercial. It was like when people like splice things illegally online. And yeah. Put in, like a little clip of something. Yeah. It was like this dog. Oh my gosh. It was like little like. Oh, sissy. This little dog that looks like those street dogs, you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, sissy. Sissy. All right, I flagged the middle section to be. A blooper if we want and I'm going to flag again to be able to start over where I was talking about why I enjoy thrillers once Ilya is done talking. just kind of drawing you in making you feel like I need to know what the ending's going to be I need to know what has happened or why and I feel like that's why like I said I love something like a thriller because that really draws you in but Maddie on the other hand you know loves like a life journey she loves being able to go from start to finish with someone's life and see what they go on and 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 that's just like obviously our preferences but the plot is something like I said is either going to draw you in or not and I'm just going to say, I'm going to throw out something really quick. Just like an example off the top of my head while we're going about it is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. So many people have loved this book. They think it's so interesting. They think it's very realistic. Um, you know, people don't always change and all this stuff. But I mean, why would I read a book where people don't change? The characters don't change. And the thing is with this one in particular, I really felt like the plot drew me in immediately the, the pro- okay the premise the premise drew me in that's a big difference between and the overall plot books, some books have a great premise and a terrible let me say plot. the overall plot was not that bad but the characters themselves which again would have probably affected maybe my specific rating if i was giving it um the characters just made dumb choices and didn't do what i wanted them to do it was just so silly so i guess that could be, be more of like an example for characters but again it's like she drew me in actually with the premise, but then her plot also was completely different than I thought it was going to be as well. So that also is just something where it's like, stick to what you say it's going to be about. I know you can throw in things or take people on journeys that they're not anticipating, but if you really go off the beaten path that much, I kind of feel like you might need to rework what your premise actually is before, you know, you kind of put it into the publishing house because you're going to draw people in for the wrong reasons. Let me just say this. I also realize there's a really good category that we didn't say, which is overall writing. Oh, that's good. Let's Let's replace setting with writing. I don't think setting matters as much to me. Okay, writing. Okay, so writing will be our our fourth of five. Okay, talking about plot a little bit, let me just say, I am not as invested in what characters do. Um, I I have read review after review of people being like, this book started really great, but I hated when this character did this. Or, like, even thrillers, people are like, thriller characters make such stupid decisions, I can't read them anymore. It's like, one, it's not really, people aren't, books are not meant to be, like, everyone's making the right decisions, because that's why there is conflict. There's conflict in 
books and in movies and everything because people make dumb decisions. That's just what happens. What I don't like is an unenjoyable plot. Yeah. For me, Especially I don't... Especially slow moving. Slow moving. For me, I I don't care if the characters are being dumb as heck. If it is entertaining, I will keep reading. If it's boring and, like, just dull, I and then I don't like that. And then I think it's... Too, like, for example, Girl A was not very entertaining at all. Characters made fine decisions, but I also, like couldn't it couldn't keep my attention so if your plot regardless of how outrageous it is keeps my attention i'll probably keep reading it but if it is you're trying to be extremely realistic and therefore create no problems for your characters then i'm gonna be done that's very valid all right so i feel like with characters that's kind of like what you were just talking about Mm -hmm. both of us kind of dipped into it i feel like characters are I know what you're saying of, like, sometimes people really, like, weigh in what the characters are say, um, doing or saying that, like, really affect their overall experience of the book. And I would say we've definitely talked about before in, like, some tropes that we really do not enjoy where characters make decisions that maybe are immoral or things that really, like, are bothersome to us. Maybe are specific little things that annoy us. Um, and that's going to be hard to read through, obviously. But there are sometimes, like overall like character development kind of like such a fun age yet again where there is no actual change there is no actual growth even if it's not like so for example a little life by what's her name uh, honey anagara thank you she wrote care many characters and the main guy doesn't really go through much of his own personal development i mean he does have some changes but he still kind of is stuck in his own head and negative things and just has a hard time kind of breaking out but you see really beautiful character development and so many other people as well all the other side characters you see like you see the growth around them it's also like a journey book where you see them like grow from different ages and stuff like that so honestly i think with characters developments overall I think maybe their choices don't always have to be the best but if they've changed from the start of the book to the end or they've made a life decision um like the sanatorium we just read Mm -hmm. the main girl she was going through a lot of struggles from her past but she's overcoming them and she's choosing to like Mm -hmm. she chooses to step into into this world again like I don't want to give anything away but she has this like aha moment and makes it a life decision and like is here on out you know gonna be making a difference or whatever so i think character development is really interesting and important to me maybe not necessarily character choices and you know what i think for you i i like the idea of character development for me i want to feel like my characters are real that's that's what's gonna draw me in is if you're i don't care if it's a good person or a bad person like again it makes stupid mistakes if you're the morally most amazing person or if you're the fun witty i want you to feel like a real life person and i gotta say there is a niche within the ya community john green i'm looking at you who write this is why i can't read ya anymore who write ya characters that that sound that don't that don't talk like teenagers you're not real. I mean, the amount of... I love John Green's books. But I, the more I got older, I was just like... Because I read them when I was younger. When I wasn't a teenager. Or, like, wasn't, like, 18 or something. And then when I finally started, like, reflecting, I was just like... No, 
teenager is quoting philosophers randomly like they do in his books there's so many like he makes so many references to stuff that I know nobody in my high school knew what those were things were and like that's the kind of stuff that bothers me is like if you're gonna write a YA character write them like a teenager do not write them quoting obscure philosophers and stuff like that to make a point about their their young life that will end soon or whatever like just don't do that so would you say that there is an author that you feel like or a few that do a really good job of making the characters very realistic to you specifically um i love the characters in dear edward by anna politano dear edward it doesn't give this away if i say this in the book dear edward the character edward is in a plane crash that kills the rest of his family except for him and i will literally cry every single time i think about this but there's this one part in like the trauma that he experiences is so real that there's one part where he he needs to go somewhere and he needs to get on a plane but he says that he doesn't want to because the last time he was on a plane was the last time he was next to his brother alive or something along those lines like he said it would be weird to be next to in a plane and the seat next to him would not be his brother and like that is such a human human thought to have or another example again thinking of trauma is the goldfinch theo when he's younger and he deals with his mother's death i i've read that book twice and every single time i'm like yes donna tart wrote a young character going through a traumatic experience doesn't make good life choices does not make good life choices he does not he does not end up being a good moral character that you want to follow but she writes him in such a fantastic way especially in those younger years and that for me will will do it if you write a character like feels like the choices that they're making the motivations that they're the things that are motivating them to make the choices that they make if it seems realistic for them I'm gonna I'm gonna be in love and that's gonna be the most important thing to me see that is a really great point to make as well because I really feel like that can be sometimes overlooked depending on like you said the the uh, genre that you are in like I think with YA you're gonna get like fantasy aliens and you know magical people or whatever I mean you get that in other genres too characters act like teenagers that's true and I feel like but I feel like there are, you know, some of these things where it's like, oh, they're 16. Oh, I literally keep thinking about this with, like, Ariel and The Little oh, Mermaid. Yeah. I'm 16. I'm not a child. And you're just like, girl, you are. But she makes childish decisions. Like, she makes, like, a decision like a like a 16-year-old would, you know what I mean? She's got a crush and whatnot. So it makes sense that she's acting that way. But honestly, I think that um, the biggest thing like you were saying, it's like that realistic thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to write like a fictional character, like Taylor Jenkins Reid, mm-hmm. write such realistic characters. Uh, it's like, I love her character. Oh, it is so good. I love Harry with all my heart. I just think about him and I love Evelyn Hugo, even though people hate Evelyn and that really bothers me. Yeah. I well, again, it's cause she's not like a morally great character. Exactly. So some people, if they were doing like maybe breaking up their rating they would say loved the plot hated the characters because they weren't they weren't morally yeah they didn't like their choices and that would maybe affect their overall rating but because you are breaking it down you would see what brought Mm -hmm. the rating down overall exactly okay so ending this is is huge so important 
especially for me i always say if i don't have a freaking satisfying ending at the end like if i don't get a satisfied feeling at the end whether it is a happy book like if it's a drama if it's a thriller if it's a comedy i don't care what it is if i don't feel like this story has concluded and it actually feels satisfactory i think of an example right now recently that you've read that you didn't like the ending of what is that vanishing half that is so true i didn't like how it ended I didn't like how it ended because it's supposed to be about the twin sisters. Okay, I didn't and like you, the characters in that book. Okay, yeah. But it's supposed to be about these twin sisters. And the ending of the book is literally a scene between, like, one of their daughters and her fiancé. And that's it. And it's like, well, what about the sisters? It's about the sisters. Like, stuff like that. I, you know what? That book's supposed to be about the sisters, and it's really not. It's that's about, true. It's about, it's about the sisters' kids and one of the sisters, but not about the other Yeah. One. It's a weird... I mean, it's, it's a good book, but it's... Yeah, anyway. The but Forgotten I, Sister. For real. I gotta say. I gotta say. But, but with the ending, like, I always say, too, like, the last twist of the knife. Like, there's, you know, sometimes with those thrillers... You that phrase after last time, she, last time I lied. Yeah, the last time I lied, I talked about in the last episode... There is something that happens. Like I was happy we with the how the three book years ago, but to, I was to happy in context for everybody else. That's how much Haley loves this book. Is we read this three years ago, and she still uses it as a reference. I loved how the book concluded overall. Yeah. Okay. The and I felt I felt the satisfaction. Okay. And then there was one more twist at in the epilogue that I was like, what? Like, it was so mind-blowing to me. And also, like, the ending of um, Behind Her Eyes, which Maddie didn't like that much. But... I guessed it. I know. Well, but but it's stuff like that where you're like, okay, I can kind of see how this is concluding. And then when they reveal one more layer, you're like, oh, yes, my like god. Behind Her Eyes, I didn't like the plot line. Okay, so then that would affect your ratings exactly. if you broke them down. But anyway, so for me, these endings have to feel satisfactory. If I, It's a solid book, but it ends not very well. I'm going to knock it down a star. And that is straight up the truth. However, I think, you know, it, I, I, it is a really big deal to me. I'm not going to make excuses. If it's not a good ending, if there's not a good twist, if there's not something, even if they try to throw in a last-minute twist, if I don't like it or if it doesn't feel genuine, I'm... I'm not going to like it. It's still going to, it's still going to knock a star for me. So, uh, you need a good ending. This is the period of your sentence, the ending of your story. People are going to close the book and feel like it was good or it was unfinished maybe. And you want to make sure that they feel like they got your overall message and they got these characters lives. So why wouldn't you want to do it any differently? Yes. So I will say, Endings do matter to me a ton. I feel like not as much as they matter to you, Haley. You get very passionate about them. Mostly because Haley's favorite ending is that ending that leaves you shocked. That's your favorite type of ending. Gone Girl. Whatever. I hate that Gone Girl ending. For me, I don't care if my ending leaves me shocked like a, a thriller. Like, I'm actually, like, more than happy usually with an with an ending that, like, wraps up everything. That's my thing. Is If the ending leaves things untold... Unless there's going to be another book, that really bugs me. And I just, and I just want to know that like every that like the the author was thinking of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to know that there was everything that was. I don't know, like I've I've read books before where I like there was one recently. I don't remember which one. There was one recently where I was reading and I was like, huh? Did they ever even acknowledge this thing that had happened? And yeah. they never did. And plot they, hole. Plot hole. Plot hole. I hated it. And that's, that's the thing is, 
And I don't mind introspective endings, but it has to be on the right cut in a book. Can't do it on a thriller. Thriller, all the endings have to be, the loose ends have to be tied up. But if it's like a literary fiction or something like that, like if it's got, if it's like a, a real life, a, a, a real life stuff and there was a kind of an introspective ending, that's fine with me. Here's what I realize I do not love is a book that should have ended way, too, way earlier. Yes. And here's the thing. I or think a book that needs maybe one more chapter. One more chapter. And but I think for me it's more like I get tired of books that are super long and yeah. they should have ended forever ago. And I will give a great example of this. I have read three Christina Lauren books. Two out of the three were too long. Um and not that they it it did establish it did talk about other stuff, but it's kind of like so the Christina Lauren books that I have the one that I really liked is their most recent one from December, which is called In the Holidays. And then I've also read The Unhoneymooners. And I've read um, Love and Other Words. And I really liked The Unhoneymooners. And I really liked Love and Other Words. However, it was like, I knew in my head, like, this is a romance book. The book should end with the romance, you know? And it doesn't. Mm. And In the Holidays, it does. And that's what I think is better for a romance. Th- these other ones were kind of like... They were supposed to be romance, and there was romance, but then it just kind of continued when it didn't really need to. Like, like unnecessary drama. Mm. Like, Love and Other Words has to do with, like, two friends that were, like, really close when they were kids, and then they there was something that happened between them, and then they weren't friends again, and then they were moved on with their lives, and then kind of got back together. And so you see them kind of fall back in love again, because they were in love before. But then, like... There just feels like there is this very... I mean, it makes sense, but it, it's dragged out far too long. So, like, you see them and they're happily ever after for quite a while. And then all of a sudden there's drama again. So, I don't know necessarily that the ending is the issue. But if it's just, like, it's dragged out far too long. We're on Honeymooners. On Honeymooners, the two... Like, I thought the book was going to be along the lines of, like, it's, you know, these two people that don't like each other. Their siblings are getting married. Everyone gets food sickness except for them at the wedding, and they have to take the honeymoon. Otherwise, they lose money. The, the, it was a free honeymoon. Otherwise, they lose it. So they go together, and I expected that the entire book would be about them falling in love, and they're already in love by halfway through the book. Really? Yeah. And so the annoying thing was is that there was some family drama that got brought up while they were... They come back, and they start dating, and while they're dating, family drama gets brought up, and then that becomes a big plot point as well. When that could have just been something totally... It didn't even have to happen. It didn't need to... I mean, it changed the course of some of the events. But it's like, I thought that this was about a romance and not about sisterhood. or I don't know. It was just weird. So I think that, like... I just think that the book needs to make sense. This is more plot line as well. But, like, the ending, it shouldn't be drawn out. You shouldn't put in a random twist or another... It almost felt like it was, like, another peak. You know how you're, like... You, like, have the build-up and then the peak and then the conclusion of the story. It was almost like they were like, oh, conclusion sounds like, just kidding, there's another thing. In a book that really shouldn't do that. And I feel like that's that's my biggest issue is when books are just way too long or way too short. And they just don't, they don't finish everything that they're trying to explain. And there's plot holes left over. I definitely know that thought. Like, I don't, I totally understand where you're coming from with that in particular. Um, the one book that came to my mind when you were talking about how a book should have ended sooner is um, actually Recursion by Blake Crouch. That is true. I love that plot, 
the characters, super interesting. But a part of it is like kind of traveling back in time. And I get, I get kind of the purpose of it was supposed to make it so arbitrary. Yeah, I understand it, but it was like you could have got the same message across by going back in time at the very end, like twelve times versus like twenty times. Like there's just so many that happen that after a while I'm like, oh, again, oh, again, oh, again. Like you could have created that same feeling without having to actually. write it out every single time so that's another element maybe to getting the ending short a book with the ending that i felt like needed one more chapter was actually jody picolt's book um not her newest one but the book one that came out last year the book of two ways um super interesting book i mean i cried unfortunately but and i only gave it four stars because i did not like the characters life choices so that would that knocked it down a star for me honestly even though I got really invested and emotional you know with it um but the ending really felt like like she was just kind of like leaving it up to like interpretation of like so what are they gonna do and then it like ends like so how are they moving forward as a family because this mom like goes off to Egypt and she used to study Egyptology, but then she, her mom got sick, so she came back, and then she never really finished her degree. And so it's kind of like, how does the family, like, how, like, after, you I mean, there's a lot more stuff that happens, but then it's like, how does the family, like, conclude? What are the life choices that, you know, happen? What does she, yeah, I don't know. There's so many things that I feel like, and literally ending her daughter's like, so mom, like, what's, what's next or whatever? And then it says something like, and then she responded and then that's it like you say it says she responded but you don't actually know what she says and that's the end of the book and i was like that's such an artistic yeah a very artistic ending of like i'm gonna put like don't want the end of they don't want to conclude their characters so then they just like stop you they let the reader they want the reader to choose what they think they would like best or it's like like doing like dot 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 at the very end you know what i mean so anyway the ending, I feel like it's important, but... Wow, we still have two more categories. Okay, so I think the next one you should talk about because I, I'll i throw in my little two cents, but as the writer, I think you should talk about the writing. Okay. I have a lot of preferences when it comes to reading books. For example, I prefer third person over first person almost all of the time. Um, and I don't know... I think it's, I think it's, I write almost exclusively in third person, except for, in part of my book, there's a time where a character tells a story, and in the storytelling, there, it is first person, but overall, I like third person, I like the neutrality of it, and I feel like first person, unless you're purposely making a character be a, um, what is it, the un- Unreliable, unreliable narrator. narrator unless you're purposely doing that i think that first person just i just it, i feel like it feels cheaper it feels like a cheaper form of writing because people often may like the, the 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 thoughts in their head you know they're like oh my gosh like what is that like i hate that i hate when you're reading a character's thoughts like in italics bugs the crap out of me i just don't want to do that like i want you to show me what's what's happening i don't want you to tell me that the character says i'm so confused no like show me that they're confused don't like i don't want to peep into their brain and that is a personal preference of mine i prefer just that neutral look into the world first person not a fan um i think it does work in some instances i think first person works really well in some thrillers 
Um, but overall, I think third person is just, it feels more professional because I feel like so many times, like if you're like doing amateur writing, people write in first person because they're thinking of themselves. They're like, Oh, I did this today, blah, blah, blah. And I just think it can get, I don't know. I just don't love it. It's just like a vibe I have. I also really don't love when people write in present tense. So if a book is in first person and present tense, like, like she says, she says to me, I know, watch out. She says to me, blah, blah, blah. I, I just can't do it. I can't do it at all. Um, I have read books like that before, but as a personal preference, I just think that that feels cheaper. I think it just feels past tense just makes a lot more sense. You do have to add a couple extra words because you'll have to use like the have done, had done, whatever. I can't remember what those words are at the moment, but it just adds a little, I just think it sounds more professional to write in third person, to write in past tense. Now, but yeah, beyond that, I myself am a very flowery writer. I'm aware of this. I've been told this my whole life. Flowery writing only works in certain genres. You can't be a flowery thriller writer. I can't do, the sanatorium's a little flowery, I will say. It works well. Because it's more on the horror area, horror mystery. Mystery can be flowery. Thriller cannot be, in my opinion. And then I feel like I see all the time in YA, you get this, you get the writing style where it's like, like a whole page of just dialogue. And that doesn't always vibe with me as well. I think that you need to find a healthy balance between not always saying he said this and she said this but you can't always just forget about saying who's talking because I've experienced so many times and I'm sure you have too Haley where you're reading dialogue back and forth that doesn't tell you who's writing who's reading it they tell you like a a paragraph earlier are you owie big bye what's wrong it's probably time for another pain medicine you had the screen locks, but then it turned, so it was a small screen. Gotcha. Big boy, there you go. Here, big boy. What do you want, mister? You want some medicine? Do you want your smoothie? Look, Lion Guard's playing. Do you want Lion Guard? Good boy. But you'll get characters talking back and forth who have spoken. It'll be like, Sally was talking to Annie, and Annie said, like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing much. What about you? And it goes like that over and over and over again, and then eventually I have to, like, backtrack and remind myself who was speaking first. Do you ever do this? Yeah. That irritates me. Sometimes it can work really well if it's very obvious who's speaking. But sometimes I, like, lose track. It's happened to me numerous times where I'm actually like, wait, which character owns a catering business? Because it's been, uh, like, 15 pages of dialogue, like, 15 lines of dialogue later. So that really bothers me. I do have a lot of specifics. But I will say, overall, I think more often than not, there's just a feeling when it comes to the writing. This Tenderland, I knew it was going to be a five-star from the first page, just from the feeling of the writing. It feels, good writing feels rich. It feels like... Honestly, it feels like the writer is not crafting the story, but telling you the story. I agree. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was just thinking, I said this in a previous episode, with all the light we cannot see, 
Anthony Do- Doer, I believe. Yes. Um, he, I felt like I was just, he didn't create the story. Yeah. Like, he didn't write it. It didn't feel, it kind of just became, it's just the story. Yep. You're just hearing, you're just reading the story. It's not like, I can't tell someone sat down and crafted this themselves. I love that. Like, you can, obviously, like, there are going to be more seasoned writers, but there have been a few, like, debut people who, you know, really surprise you. And and they just have their own voice and their own um, style about going about writing, but it just feels like, this is a story I've had in my heart or in my head for years. I had to get it out. Here it is kind of thing. And it's just, and it's, yeah, kind of like JK where she says Harry kind of showed up in her head as a fully fledged character and she knew all this stuff about him and she was like not even thinking about anything like that at all. And so stuff like that I think happens and the writers just do such a good job of okay, now how do I tell this story in a pure way without me, the writer, getting in the way of telling the story? And sometimes I love when the, the authors will say, like, like how the characters made this choice I wasn't really sure about because they know that their characters have their own life to them mm-hmm. that they're trying to just kind of, like... Yeah, um, the best characters write themselves. Yeah, and it, they're trying to just bring them to um, fruition, would you say? Like... Mm-hmm. So that the the readers can can meet them as well, um, I think that is huge. Yeah, I want I want the writing to feel like you made these characters, you crafted them, you put them in this situation, and this is how they responded. Versus, I'm trying to tell a specific story, and I'm just going to make up characters that that I want in it. For sure, characters come first more often than not in good writing. I agree with you for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say for me, for writing in particular. There's elements, maybe not as specific as Maddie, of like, it needs to be this, it needs to be that. But one thing that I have started noticing in some more recent reads is that people have, and this has been in different genres as well, where it's different people are doing like a parentheses of, I'm going to flag. Hold on, honey. I know it. We're almost to nannies. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see Uncle Corey? Let me get this sentence out really quick. Okay. Where people do like a parenthesis and then says read oh, blah, 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 blah. Like read it as in none of the other desserts were as good as this one or whatever. And like stuff like that. I'm just like, why do you put that in there? You should be able to like, you should trust that your reader should be able to interpret what you're trying to say by how the character is like specifically talking about what you're discussing if that makes sense so overall that's something I've noticed specifically but just like what Maddie said you're gonna get this overall feeling you're gonna be able to is this enticing me is this drawing me in have they done a good job of crafting these characters to feel like maybe real people or to feel like maybe they're just telling the story that they have been told themselves kind of thing
those of you who wish Lit Sis was more than once a week, did you know that we have our own individual book Instagrams and book blogs that you can read any of our reviews from now and all of time? If you are wanting that Lit Sis feel in your normal routine, you can always check us out. Mine is at Maddie Reads a Lot on Instagram. And mine is at Brook and Binding on Instagram. But wait, there's, there's more. more. I also have a Facebook page, Brook and Binding, and a blog, Brook and Bind, Brookandbinding.com. That was sounding that was so such a good. good. All right, you guys. So, our fifth and final category is what I like to call rereadability slash recommendation. I will say, not every book needs to be reread. I would Thank say, you. Yes. The vast majority of thrillers. I would say do not need to be reread and those what I would say would fall into like a is this such a good book that I would recommend it to someone but outside of that like if it's like a like a literary fiction or just like general fiction historical whatever if it's a book that I'm like mm, I would go back and I'd reread myself that myself just to experience that story again I would you know I feel like that's important like I don't want it to be like oh well I learned what happened about this person's life and I didn't connect it for them very much. So I don't need to, I don't ever feel the need to experience it again, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, the rereadability is more of like in the genre of like classics, like mm-hmm. books where it's like something that maybe that um, you had to read in high school that you were like forced to read and you didn't really appreciate it and you kind of want to give it another chance. And like, I've heard so many people who say that and then they're like, oh my gosh, I loved it. Like I just, I was too young to understand or I didn't under, you know, I didn't appreciate it at the time or whatever. So I think classic genre is like a huge one. I also understand what you're saying with like literary fiction stuff where it's like maybe family drama or I also think too, um, I could even see something maybe like a mystery, like an Agatha Christie or something like that. Trying to little clues throughout like that would be something fun as mm-hmm. well. um the only other, the only books I really reread are maybe like spiritual self-help things or um Harry Potter I would say those are like the only mm-hmm. ones I ever like really reread or if I'm feeling like I want to dive into like a classic again I I tried to own the classics that really resonated with me when I read them in high school um because I know that like they meant a lot to me at the time and they stood out to me at the time. And I just want to have a copy of them myself so that maybe older Haley, you know, would eventually want to read them as well. And so I, I've kind of done that a few times as well. It's just been so nice to, to um, do that. But honestly, my biggest thing is more the recommendation than rereadability. Like for me, it's like, there are certain books that can be recommended um, to specific people. And then there are some books that you can recommend to like anyone. Like if you love thriller, if you love like, uh-huh. like, I don't know, like where the crawdads sing, I feel like anyone could enjoy that book. You, you and know? I were literally just talking about this when trying to think of the books that we wanted to recommend for, um, for like the, the, the book journal that we write for this journal we write for with book recommendations. We were trying to decide if we should recommend like, one of two thrillers and then we were like actually maybe these are not good for the general public to read unless you're like really in the deep dive of thrillers yeah because sometimes those can get pretty like intense maybe like a little more in the horror section a little more like 
ooh, do I really want to read about people's fingers being chopped off? Like stuff like that. You're like, yeah. I don't know. So we have to, you know, it's, it's just smart to know your audience and know who you are talking to when you're recommending something. Obviously, there are books out there that I think everyone can kind of benef- benefit from. Um, I always recommend Bob Goff's books, like Love Does, Everybody mm-hmm. Always, um, Dream Big, things like that, where it's like, everyone, you know, could be kind to everyone else. Like there, everyone else can, you know, you can learn from, from these kind of stories and you can become a better person that way. I feel like that's a little bit more. Um, but I would say those are the kind of books that are rereadable to me. You just have to kind of know who you're talking to, who you're recommending to and what that person has like already read before or what they're open to reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would for sure. But, but I would say there are specific books that just don't have that recommendation quality about them. Like you're mm-hmm. just like, I'm thankful, I guess I read it so that I can tell other people not to read it. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that kind of situation. So there is an element of, yes, I would recommend or no, I wouldn't recommend, you know, if we're working on like the rating of the star thing. Um, I think it just, like I said, all depends on who you're talking to, but there are some that you're just like, no, I don't think, I don't really think, you know, this is something I really want to like promote or talk about very much or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. There's, I mean, and like I said, it's similar, but like sometimes I would recommend certain books to like you, but not, you know, other people. Mm-hmm. It also depends on, you know, what I know that person's reading history is. Like if I, if someone is, I don't know, like if someone is the kind of person to, you know, get into thrillers, like I would kind of maybe direct them towards ones that I had read when I was first getting into thrillers, like woman, Kevin, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Before well, I, before I, stuff. yeah, before I was like, read sanatorium, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I think it really depends. And I think that there can still be like, like I said, I think there can still be a book that is five stars on all things, but is not a book you would recommend to people. Oh, definitely. Pure, yeah. Purely based on other things. Like I literally, I made a reel on my Instagram the other day and I was trying to find books that were like uplifting, make you feel happy. And I scroll, like searched so much in my book pile. And then I realized that like a majority of my books don't make you feel good when you read them. Like they're yeah. not like hopeful. <laughs> they're like, yeah, kind of like sure. So <laughs> <laughs> so like oh, there's a lot of my own personal books that I probably wouldn't recommend to people because of that but those are just the style of books that I tend to read so mm-hmm. yeah but yeah there we go so I honestly have even been thinking about you know this during this episode like what I would do and like I've read some books recently that for for example I just got done reading Great Circle by Matt by Maggie Shipstead and it was a really good book but as I was reading it I was just like thinking about any different way that I would review this you know you know plot characters like it had one of those um had one of those timelines where you know jumps like it goes back and forth between like a hundred years wow so like someone's life and then the person is playing that person in a movie hundred years later and I just found myself not even giving a care in the world about the future timeline I just wanted to be in the past with the that main character that everything was based upon and I did not care at all about the plot line with the movie the only thing I was interested in about the movie is just hearing the different things that they got wrong 
And then there's like, mm. one other thing that was interesting, but like hearing the things that they got wrong with her life because you're just interpreting based off of like letters and assumptions and stuff like that. The way we can't always know historical figures lives. Um, so that was interesting, but I just was like, man, like it's hard because it's almost like two different books because I like the characters in one half of the book and I don't like them in the other half. So it helped me. It, I feel like it helps me to now, if I think about it this way, kind of decide more about like which you know which ones are like like based on characters plot everything like helps me differentiate why I don't like certain books or why I do over others yeah that's awesome I love that this is something that we're becoming a little bit more aware of um but I just don't know like what what I'm gonna do moving forward I think I'm gonna still stay with my one overall rating but in my reviews I tend to try to like break down why I've given the ratings why I have you know like if it was the writings or if it was certain character development if there are things I don't like I kind of explain that as well um but I think this could be something that could catch on a little bit more like detailed I feel like I've maybe seen one or two people on bookstagram do something similar to this where they are specifically um making these distinctions in like the categories but it's not something that is very well um common so who knows mm-hmm. so Haley, what are you reading right now well i just finished no exit the other day which was awesome um and so uh, thanks to a recommendation from your wonderful sister I started reading No Exit the other day and devoured it and I loved it. And so I could go back to Do Not Become Alarmed, which is what I was reading before you gave me No Exit. Um, But also I have the book That Summer by Jennifer Weiner I got from the library. Um, So that is something I'm kind of intrigued to read as well. But it's not like top of my list, but I know I have to like get it done. So one of those I will be picking up. I'm just not sure which one just yet. Yeah. Um, wait, so I totally missed you. Which one did you say? You said you didn't. I'm not sure which one. Yeah. Either that summer or probably, um, either that summer or probably do not become alarmed. I want to kind of get that one done. I think do, do not become alarmed. So then I can read it. That's true. I could totally do that. Yes. So what are you reading, Mad? Um, I'm currently reading razor blade tears by S.A. Cosby. Ooh, that was a book of the month recommendation. Yes, it was. Um, so I, I was back and forth between that one and whatever the other one was that month. I don't remember. Yeah, me either. I want the other one. But this one's not too bad right now. It reminds me of uh, The Line That Held Us by David Joy. Similar Appalachian stuff, getting revenge on something. This is a little bit slower moving than that one and I really like that one better um so at least Mm. so far um so we'll see I don't know we'll see what happens we will see I'm excited to hear what you think about it yeah thank you I'm excited as well and I'm excited to hear uh which book you decide to read maybe you should read do not become alarmed I don't know maybe I'm biased I feel like I probably should because I've already started it so I need to just kind of pump it out Mm -hmm. sounds like a good decision to me and then you can Mm -hmm. okay fine We'll see. All right. Well, thanks for listening in on us today. Hope that you guys have a great weekend. And next week we will come at you with another episode. I feel like August is taking a long time, to be honest. 
I feel like we should already be having a love likes dislikes episode. Oh, not yet. Not yet. We got one more after that. Mm-hmm. And then and that'll be the day. And that'll be the day. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Get some reading done. And thanks for taking a break from reading. Now go flip some pages.